I see communication as like a signal to our audience of like, hey, I've got this and I know what I'm doing. When you set the bar high and you come in with a perfectionist standard, it creates more of the feelings that are making the situation feel difficult. And what we don't realize is that what appears to us to be the solution is actually perpetuating the problem, but we can't see that because we are blind to our own patterns. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that helps professional women access the limitless potential that lies within them. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and my mission is to help you find that spark inside you that has the power to transform your career in ways you may not have thought possible. I'm so excited that you're here. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jess. I'm the host and creator of the Art of Speaking Up podcast. I am also a coach for women. I support women in building confidence, finding their voice, getting on a path to executive leadership. The mission of this show is to help increase the number of women in leadership positions in the corporate space. It's something I feel so passionately about because when I was in the corporate space, that's where I started my career. I built a super successful career in the nine to five space. I felt super ambitious, but I also struggled a lot with um, insecurities and imposter syndrome and like tons and tons of self-doubt. And I felt like there weren't great resources out there supporting professional women through those experiences in a in a way that resonated with me. I wanted something that felt very supportive but inspirational, and I couldn't find that. So I was like, well, if I can't find it, I'm going to make it. <laughs> and so I launched my podcast. And after two years of podcasting, I turned my podcast into my career, and now this is what I do, and I'm here to really help you find your voice and build confidence and believe in yourself, not just so you can be successful in your career, but so that you can feel good and strong and proud inside. I think that's ultimately like the deeper fuel that drives my work is my belief that I think as women, we don't get to experience as much of that feeling as we deserve and as I think that we should. And one of the big goals that I have is just to help you experience more of that internal congruence, that internal sense of self-trust and confidence and liking yourself and feeling strong and capable. That is really what I'm trying to do. And today's episode is on a topic that I love to cover that is probably one that is really important to you, which is exuding authority and confidence in meetings. And this is so important, right? Because the more confidence and authority that you're able to exude in meetings, the more credibility you build with your audience. So when you're a very powerful, effective communicator, your audience experiences you that way, and it really impacts how they think about you, right? It impacts how they think about your leadership capabilities. It impacts how much authority they assign to you in their minds. 
It even impacts how competent they think that you are, right? So when we communicate really effectively, really strongly, our audience will often make leaps and assumptions in their mind that we must be really competent and good at the execution portion of our jobs as well, right? So like if you see someone who's like very clearly communicating to you what they do or what they're working on, you will tend to assume, oh, this person knows their stuff, right? They're probably really good at this. Whereas if they're not able to communicate that to you effectively, it's harder to gain that trust and trust that they really know their field and know their expertise. And so I see communication as like a signal to our audience of like, hey, I've got this and I know what I'm doing. Now, the reason that I wanted to record today's episode is because I see something in a lot of my clients that you might be experiencing, and I want to help you wiggle out of it because it tends, it's one of those things where people think that they are growing and that they think that this is serving them in building confidence, but it's actually slowing them down. (laughs) Now, this is a really interesting phenomenon when we get stuck in something, often Because we can't see our own patterns and our own minds, we get stuck and then we think, oh, here's my solution for how to grow through this problem or fix this or get past this obstacle. And what we don't realize is that what appears to us to be the solution is actually perpetuating the problem, but we can't see that because we are blind to our own patterns. And this is very much true when it comes to trying to sound more confident in meetings. So if you are someone who struggles to feel confident in meetings and you doubt yourself and you don't like the way you sound and you don't think you're communicating like a powerful, effective, strong, awesome, badass leader, you might fall into a pattern that I see with a lot of my clients, which is you tell yourself, okay, I need to sound and feel confident. I need to sound and feel amazing. I'm going to show up in this meeting and I'm going to do it, right? And you set the bar really, really high. And you think that that's a good thing, right? You think like, well, I'm trying to be and feel confident. So of course, like that's the goal that I'm going to set for myself in the meeting. So then you go to the meeting with lots of plans and intentions. And because you're human and because as humans, change is hard, you aren't able to communicate or feel the way that you had hoped. And then you start beating yourself up because of that experience. And you're like, see, I'm awful. I'm horrible. I'm never going to figure this out. I'm not going to change. I feel so stuck. Why is this so frustrating? And you also on some level think that that beating yourself up is helping you grow because of course you don't want to reward yourself for doing things wrong. So you get into a cycle of setting the bar too high, having this very perfectionist standard, then not attaining it because you're human and perfectionist standards are impossible to attain, and then beating yourself up and feeling really, really stuck. Now, what I want to point out is that when you're doing this, these steps appear to be the solution, right? It appears as though you should set the bar really high. You should try to show up confident, right? And you shouldn't celebrate or congratulate yourself if you're not able to meet the bar that you set. So like in your mind, it can feel so logical of like, of course, I'm setting the bar high. And of course, like I'm mad at myself for not, you know, not hitting it and not hitting the mark because that was my goal and that was what I wanted to do. And I didn't manage to do it. But what you don't realize is that that's just keeping you stuck in a cycle of perfectionism and then failure and then perfectionism and failure, right? So you set the bar too high. You set it at a place where you never could have attained it. It was too high. 
And then, of course, you failed because you were set up to fail. And so then you use that failure and those bad feelings to fuel the next perfectionist goal. You're like, I better get it right next time. I better not do that again. And it's like, then the bar goes even higher. And what is really missing from this equation is an understanding of what emotional fuel you need to actually grow authentic confidence and take up more space. Because if you think about what you're fueling yourself with emotionally when you set the bar super, super high, you're fueling yourself with stress and anxiety, right? Like when the bar is set so high and you're expecting yourself to be perfect and show up perfectly, the fuel that you are feeding yourself is fear and anxiety and a lot of the same feelings that are already keeping you stuck. This is so important to see, right? So it might feel like, of course, you should set the bar high because that's where you want to be. But you have to ask yourself, when I put this pressure on myself and when I have this crazy high perfectionistic standard, how does that make me feel going into the meeting, and is that feeling supporting me in having the confidence that I want to have? And if you look at this pattern of setting the bar high, it tends to make you feel more stressed, more under pressure, more anxious, and those feelings tend to not support you in sounding more confident and taking up more space. And then we have to look at what happens in the second part of the cycle where you set the bar high and you don't attain it and then you beat yourself up because of that, right? So when you beat yourself up for not hitting that perfectionist bar that you're setting for yourself, you have to ask yourself again, what emotional fuel am I feeding myself? And when we are beating ourselves up and when we're being really harsh on ourselves, we're feeding ourselves emotion, like we're creating emotions in ourselves, like shame, despair, discouragement, a disrespect for ourselves, right? And then you have to ask yourself, is that feeling supporting me in taking up more space? And so while it can look like on the surface, this cycle of like set the bar high, very high perfectionist standard, and then be really harsh on myself until the day that I show myself that I can meet this standard, on the surface, it looks like that could work. And for many of you, that cycle has worked in other areas of your life. You might have created a lot of success in your life, setting these really high perfectionist standards, and then only being kind to yourself and only being supportive of yourself once you meet those standards. And if you're not meeting that high perfectionist standard, being really harsh on yourself. So you've accumulated evidence throughout your life that this cycle is effective. This is why it might feel really scary for you to take my advice and to say, can we change the way you're thinking about this? Can we take some of the harshness and perfectionism out of the way that you're approaching trying to build your confidence and find a powerful voice? And you might feel a lot of resistance to that suggestion because you might be thinking, but like this has worked for me all the time. I push myself and I'm harsh on myself and I set really high standards and then I meet them. But the problem is, there are two problems. One is that's not a sustainable way of growing because it's very, very, very emotionally exhausting. It is so emotionally exhausting to know that you don't get to like be nice to yourself or supportive of yourself unless you get things perfect. That is such a difficult existence to have internally. And second, 
it can only take you so far. And I believe that that perfectionism and then beat yourself up cycle can really only work in the areas that don't require a ton of emotional vulnerability. So let's say you want to be perfectionist about your work outputs and you want your Word documents or your PowerPoint slides or your diagrams or whatever it is you create in your job. Or maybe if you're an engineer, it's like the code that you write. Or if you're a doctor, maybe it's how you write out the diagnosis of the patient. But whatever it is, let's say that you decide you want that output to be perfect, right? And so what you do is you spend all this time working on it, perfecting it, and it's exhausting and it takes a lot of time and energy, but you are able to get it close to perfect because you can sit there and chip away at it and hack away at it and have this beautiful document. And then you feel this sense of accomplishment because you hit this perfectionist bar. Now, what's so interesting, though, about this example is that getting your document like perfect and free of typos and clean and polished doesn't require you to make yourself emotionally vulnerable. So in other words, as you're improving a document, you're not really like putting yourself in a situation where people can judge you. You're just like literally like sitting at your laptop, like just like cranking away on this document. And so you can set the bar really high and you can not be encouraging of yourself until you attain that super high bar that you set for yourself because you don't need to put a ton of emotional fuel into attaining that goal. Like perfecting a document doesn't require you to feel courageous. It doesn't require you to be gritty. It just literally requires you to like sit there and crank and crank and crank. So the model of like setting the perfectionistic standard and then like beating yourself up all the way until you get there, it works on something like that because all you need to do is have a ton of discipline and execute the thing. But as soon as emotional vulnerability enters into the equation, this is where things begin to shift. So when your goal shifts from something like my document is going to be perfect to I'm going to take up space and exude confidence in meetings, we've suddenly added a new variable and a new component to the equation. Because you can't take up space and be very powerful in meetings just by being willing to crank and crank and crank and push yourself harder and harder and harder, right? If that was true, you probably would have an easier time finding that confident voice. So that very high perfectionist bar that you set for yourself in meetings It's not quite as straightforward to attain as a high perfectionist bar you might set on something like outputs or documents. So in essence, what's happening is you're taking this perfectionism, setting the bar high, being harsh on yourself internal model that works for things that just require you to to be like a hard worker and have a ton of discipline and like plug away. You're taking that model And you're trying to use it in a situation where it doesn't apply and it doesn't work because the situation is completely different. Here's why. Finding your voice in a meeting and taking up space in a meeting will never come as a result of that kind of discipline that has you cranking away and working and perfecting your work because the nature of meetings are different. We're around other people. They're happening in real time, right? So it's almost like If a meeting, let's say, had a rewind button and you could keep rewinding the meeting and going back in time, then that perfectionist model might work because you could just be like, okay, I'm going to sit in this meeting 
And anytime I do something that I don't think is perfect, I'm just going to pause, rewind and try again. That's kind of what you're, you're able to do when you're working independently on your job. But when you're in a meeting, the meeting just keeps going, right? So you can't be a perfectionist. You can't be crafting every bit of it and trying over and over and putting in all of that hustle because the meeting is just going to keep going. So you can't take that time to perfect and craft, right? And in addition to the fact that you can't pause time and go back and redo things and make it more and more perfect, the other difference is that when you're in a meeting, you're surrounded by other humans. So even if you had a pause button and you could pause the meeting and just keep trying and keep hustling and keep plugging away until you got it just right, even if you had a time machine or a magic capability to do that, you still have all these people around you and you're going to feel the emotional impact of being watched and judged in a way that you don't feel when you're sitting at your laptop cranking something out, right? So I guess if you had a magic time machine that could pause the meeting and delete all the people around you, then you might be able to set the bar super high, right? And just like keep trying to do the meeting until you get it perfect. But you're surrounded by humans and the meeting is going at its own pace. And so that model of like, I'm just going to plug away and push myself, it doesn't work because it's a different kind of task. It's sort of like um, someone can be really, really good at like writing music and getting the notes perfect and the melody perfect and the lyrics perfect. But no matter how good they get at that, if they can't build the courage to sing in front of a stadium full of their fans, then they can't become an artist who goes on tour, right? It's two different skills. So yes, like, they can be a perfectionist about some of the behind the scenes thing, but in the end of the day, they need to show up for the event and be able to do it. And you can't apply that perfectionist rehashing it over and over model in a meeting. Now, I know a lot of you do this by over preparing for meetings, right? And thinking like, well, if I just prepare so much, so much, so much, maybe that'll help. And that's actually, again, trying to apply this old model of like, can I just like muscle my way through this to be a success? But I'm sure you know that over preparing doesn't get you across the finish line. It doesn't always get you the confidence that you want, right? So what I'm really trying to sell you on in this episode is that this model of like being very perfectionist and like setting the bar really, really high and then being very harsh on yourself until the moment where you attain that high bar, it might have gotten you success in other areas in your life. I do not believe it is possible for you to build your confidence in meetings using that same model. And I also think, by the way, for the areas where that model does work, I still don't think it's the optimal way to go about things. I just think it works in those situations, but it doesn't work in meetings. Now, the reason it doesn't work in meetings is because you can't go back and redo them over and over. And because you're the way that you get better in meetings is by learning to be with the emotional vulnerability of the experience. And that is not something that you get better at through putting in more hours and being a perfectionist, right? So the skill that you're trying to build in meetings is to be able to be in a room, be in an environment and have feelings come up, have emotions come up and know how to carry yourself and how to navigate through the meeting while those emotions are present, right? 
And so many of you are thinking, if I set the bar really high, if I prepare a lot, if I really try, then the feelings won't come up. I won't feel so doubtful, so afraid, so small, so hesitant, and then I will be able to attain the high bar. But you're thinking about it all wrong. The work of building confidence in meetings is the work of being able to tolerate and navigate the emotions that are currently preventing you from taking up space. So you might be thinking in your mind, the goal is to not feel doubt, The goal is to not feel scared, to not feel hesitant. And if you're thinking that, that is one of the things that is keeping you stuck because those feelings aren't just going to go away and pave the way for you to feel amazing. You're going to get better at navigating those feelings. And as you get better at navigating those feelings, they will tend to diminish over time. So you're thinking, okay, The feelings will go away and that'll help me feel confident. But really, what's going to help you feel confident is when you become more adept at navigating those feelings and that's when they begin to go away. Now, here's how this all ties together. If we're dealing with a situation where we feel emotionally vulnerable, we feel doubtful, we're questioning ourselves, right? We're already filled with emotions like anxiety, doubt, concern, we're in a perfectionist space. So we know that we don't want to amplify those feelings, right? So when you set this high perfectionist bar, what you're doing is you're taking the existing feelings of fear and anxiety and doubt and you're making them bigger. Because not only are you going into a situation that feels hard and scary and intimidating for you, but you are going into it being like, and I need to do this perfectly, right? It's like trying a sport for the first time, like a scary, aggressive sport, (laughs) like playing football for the first time. I'm scared of football. It looks really scary to me. (laughs) And being like, and I need to be the person who scores the most points on the team. And it's like, look, you're doing something terrifying. You are going to get like rammed by people and it's going to be very scary. Like, You also don't have to add the pressure to yourself of like being the star quarterback of the team on your first try. So that perfectionist bar amplifies the same feelings that are making it hard to take up space in the first place. I want to say that one more time. When you set the bar high and you come in with a perfectionist standard, it creates more of the feelings that are making the situation feel difficult. And... When you beat yourself up after because you didn't attain the bar, which of course you didn't, it was way too high. It was such an unrealistic thing to ask of yourself, in my opinion. And then you beat yourself up. What you're doing is you're you're setting yourself up to just keep repeating that cycle because you begin to learn internally, oh, When I mess up and I don't attain the high bar, I treat myself like crap. I am so mean to myself, right? And as you notice that, you desperately want to attain that perfection and hit that bar because you know that if you don't hit that bar, you're not going to be nice to yourself. You're going to be like self-flagellating and beating yourself up and being really cruel and mean to yourself. So that turns up the pressure because not only will you be dealing with like the disappointment of not having hit the bar and done what you want to do in the meeting, but now you're also dealing with all of the self-imposed self-critical thoughts of like, oh my gosh, I'm so horrible. And so the pressure just becomes enormous. 
And so what I want to suggest for you is something that I often suggest for my clients. And typically, the women that are attracted to my work really resist this idea for a while before they finally get on board with it. Because typically, the women that are attracted to my work share a lot in common with me. And one of the things that they share in common with me is a very deep struggle with perfectionism and a very deep struggle with being kind and supportive of themselves. And most of the women who are attracted to my work have created a lot of success in their lives by setting the bar super high and being really, really self-critical to fuel themselves to attain that high bar. So if what I'm about to suggest sounds like the worst advice ever, (laughs) you would fall like right in line with most of my clients and you would fall right in line with like me not too far into the past where I was like, no, 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 like this is not the way that the growth that I want is going to happen. But I'm going to share it with you anyway, because it is one of the most important things that I can share with you. When you are going into a meeting or a situation that feels difficult, emotionally vulnerable, like it's going to challenge you, the thing that you need is to feel less of those feelings or to feel more equipped to handle those feelings, right? So when you're feeling, let's say you're anxious and doubtful, it's like this horrible combination of emotions. Setting the bar high is going to make you feel more anxious and doubtful. So that is not going to help. What is going to help are two different things. One is helping yourself feel just a little bit less anxious and a little bit less doubtful. Or two, having the doubt and anxiety be present, but beginning to feel strong enough to show up for it and navigate it. So when we are feeling something that is getting in the way of us exuding confidence, sometimes we can make that feeling smaller we can reduce it, we can start to feel better. And sometimes we can't, but we can find a strength within ourselves that helps us actually show up the way we want to, even though we're experiencing the doubt and anxiety. And the way that we do both of those things is by lowering the bar of our expectations and what we're asking of ourselves to do in the meeting and releasing all of the perfectionism as much as possible. And second, by being unconditionally supportive and encouraging of ourselves. I really want you to think about your internal dialogue as another human who is sitting next to you, who is constantly providing you with feedback and thoughts on how you're doing or how you're about to do. If you enter into a meeting room and the person sitting next to you is like, you better get this right. You better not mess up anything. This better be perfect. You better get every single word. You better not fumble. People better be impressed. You better not do what you did last meeting. You are going to feel so stressed out. And I'm sure you have like people in your life who are kind of like that. And it's it's exhausting to be around that. Whereas if the person next to you is like, you're nervous, but you've got this. I am here for you every step of the way. And I know this is hard but I actually believe that you can do it. If you have that person sitting next to you, you are going to have a radically different experience whether you feel 100% confident or not. And that is what I want you to focus on. So rather than focusing on getting it perfect and rather than focusing on having the highest, most mind-blowing, most impressive levels of confidence, 
I want you to focus on getting out of that perfectionist failure cycle that I mentioned by cultivating that supportive voice, that voice of that friend that I talked about. And one of the first ways you do that is by noticing the inner monologue that already exists, right? So it's really hard to become kinder and more supportive of yourself if you aren't aware of how you are treating yourself on default. So before you even get to a place of like, okay, I'm gonna remind myself how amazing I am and I'm gonna say these affirmations and blah, blah, blah. Like before any of that, it's actually much more useful to be like, wait, what am I telling myself right now? What are the thoughts that I'm telling myself right before this meeting? What are the thoughts that I'm telling myself as I'm speaking in the meeting? You wanna notice them and see what's there before you jump to try to cover it up with something else, right? Because seeing that it's there is the first step to creating enough spaciousness within yourself to not bite into it as the truth, to not hook onto it, and then to eventually have room for another perspective internally. This is why a lot of times like an affirmation or just like a positive thought or sentence won't necessarily always help. I mean, sometimes it will, but often you might find that that's not super effective. And it's because it's like you're trying to put lipstick on a pig in a way, which I don't like the lipstick on a pig saying because like pigs are so cute. Why are we insulting pigs? But whatever, you're trying to like cover up something. But really, if you can first see what's there and acknowledge that and then create more room internally to be like, hmm, maybe that negative perception I'm experiencing of myself isn't true, then there's a lot more room for an affirmation or a positive thought to genuinely take root within your psyche. And so what I wanna sell you on in this episode is that cultivating the ability to be aware of your internal monologue and to um, settle into greater self-support and kindness towards yourself and to get better and better at that over time is going to serve you in your growth 10 times more than expecting perfection of yourself and beating yourself up if you don't attain it. And this kind, supportive voice that I'm talking about, it stays kind and supportive no matter what happens in the meeting. So whether you are happy with how you did or not, your support towards yourself is unconditional. And that's how you break the perfectionism, like punishing myself for failure cycle. And a lot of my clients say, if I do that, I'm not going to be motivated to change. And I just want to tell you that that might feel true to you. It is absolutely false. And we know that the way you're doing it now probably isn't working. So if the way you're doing something isn't working, one of the wisest things you can do is open your mind to other ways. Because if your way isn't working, you want to try something different. And you can try this. And if it doesn't work, you can go back to how you were before. But the willingness to try, the open-mindedness is the most important thing. So... (laughs) This episode was actually intended to be something different, and it turned into this. And I have lots more to share, but I I want to end this here. And what I want what I want you to take away from this is I want you to notice if you're in this cycle of perfectionism, and then when you don't attain the perfectionism, you're cruel to yourself, and that then encourages you to like heighten the perfectionism for the next time, right? Because this time I'm going to finally do it. If you're in that cycle, I just want to encourage you to 
explore the idea that maybe that cycle isn't going to work for meetings because in meetings what you're experiencing is emotional vulnerability and when it comes to emotional vulnerability what you want to work on is your resilience to be with that emotion and still be able to give it your best and that typically happens by not setting the bar so high and not being so harsh on yourself and this doesn't mean that you can't have a goal for how you want to be in the meeting but you don't want your goal to stress you out, right? So when you think, okay, this is my goal for this meeting, it should feel good. It should feel like, okay, this is a stretch, but I can do it versus it feeling like all of this pressure. So just notice, does the expectation you're setting for yourself feel good? And regardless of how it goes, taking the time after to celebrate yourself for putting in the effort and giving it your all. And you can celebrate yourself and be like, and I noticed that that didn't go the way I wanted it to go. What can I do differently next time? So celebrating yourself doesn't mean that you're going to bury your head in the sand and not look for ways to improve, but you still get to celebrate yourself for showing up. And alongside that, then from a feeling of feeling more internally whole and not being so mean to yourself from that energy, you could be like, okay, what did I learn from that? What do I want to try differently next time? I know this can be so hard. I have worked through this and struggled with this my entire life. I get it. This is so prominent in my work with my clients. They come to me, so many of my clients come to me thinking that I'm just going to echo some of the harsh voices and perspectives that they've been experiencing internally. And I think a lot of people who work with me are really surprised that the emotional tone of my coaching and the work that I do with my clients is very understanding and supportive. (laughs) Now, I hope this is not because I come off as an a-hole on the show. I have like some legit fears where I'm like, why do my clients expect me to be so harsh on them? Like, am I coming off that way on the podcast? Can you please let me know? Because that really does haunt me a teensy bit. But I do know that one of the reasons they're expecting that is because that's how they're orienting towards themselves internally. And it's one of the only models of success that they know. Like, you don't, you might not know anything else and you might not have had a real experience in your life where you worked through something difficult. Um, without being harsh on yourself, without being a perfectionist, like where you really created a remarkable result or remarkable growth, but from a place of fueling yourself with love and encouragement and self-support and grit and goals that feel really good rather than really high pressure. And if you've never had that experience, it's then hard to imagine that there's any other way to do it. So I'm going to leave you with that. I hope that this episode is just inviting you to to soften into yourself a little bit and to realize that the thing that is going to make your next meeting easier and or the thing that's going to bring you closer to the confidence you want in your next meeting is going to be you finding a way to show up for yourself internally that feels very good and very supportive. So that's why we'll end things. I'm going to direct you down to the show notes if you want to go deeper into into my work. So there's a massive archive of episodes. There's over 
200 episodes of the podcast. So if you're new, like dive in, enjoy it. There's so much good stuff. And if you want a little bit more than the podcast, I invite you to check out my website where you will find a free ebook on assertiveness. It's called The Smart Ambitious Woman's Guide to Assertiveness in the Workplace. And you will also find a free video course called Speak Like a CEO, which will support you in growing and strengthening your executive communication skills so that you can make a strong impression in meeting rooms. And hopefully you can bring the spirit of self-support and the spirit of kindness to yourself with you as you dig into those resources and as you continue along your journey. Thank you so much for tuning in and I will catch you next week. Bye.